is the campus report for July, January 11, 2018, (laughs) live from the Y Millbank Podcast Studios in Millbank, South Dakota. This is Craig Weinberg sitting with Desmond Ward, who is nearing the end of the first part of his college career. No? Yeah, I'm very well. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. In the morning to you. In the morning, indeed. Um, we, uh, we've talked a couple times, I think. Yeah. Once or twice in the past. I think once only. Was it only yeah. once? We had JP on as well. Oh, well, no, wasn't that when we, uh, actually filled in on the, uh, the political show? Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. So you've never graced the campus time, report. Yeah. Wow. Well, welcome. Welcome. The goal of this podcast really is just to, uh, to give college kids from, uh, Millbank, so you are currently in school mm-hmm. and you graduated from Millbank to give you uh, just kind of an outlet to talk about what's going on, what you've been learning, how things were different from school, from high school to college, uh, maybe how you've changed a little bit and you you being the, at the yeah to graduate this <laughs> year from college will be an interesting view. Um, and also this gives the community a little insight into uh, the people that were shipping out of this town to go learn change the world more. hopefully yeah. <laughs> uh so uh where are you going to school concordia college uh, in Morehead. for what political science pre-law yeah so pre-law does that mean you're gonna go to post-law <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna go to law law yeah, excellent yeah. um then you get to practice a lot afterward right yeah that's the, that's the hope yeah <laughs> hopefully perfecting practice makes perfect oh that'd be a great ad campaign yeah desmond word perfecting law <laughs> <laughs> um, how long do you want to be a lawyer? How long? Uh-huh. How long does it take? No, how long have you wanted to be? One? Oh, forever. Really? Yeah. Why? I've always wanted to be in politics, so I thought. Law, also, lawyers, how you get there? It's the law is the natural. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, you want to be in politics to what end? Like, what would be the pinnacle? Prez? I mean, that'd be the pinnacle. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm a little more realistic now, but as a child. <laughs> Uh, that's what I wanted that to do. That was the end goal. And, you know, Des rhymes with Prez. Oh. So. You know what? Actually, now, with I mean, with the current Prez that we have, you almost could get away with it now. I mean, yeah, you It's a great almost. little slogan. Or vote forward. Vote Des for Prez. Vote forward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's great. It's like built for Vote politics, forward is yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. What side of the aisle would you be on? What color would that be? That'd be red. Can't, wow. Red, red, white, and blue. Eggs. Guess, but, yeah. Eggs, yeah. Well, they all are. Yeah. So Concordia, I've learned from a couple other students that we've had on, um, is a rather liberal campus. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a pretty typical college yeah. campus. Yeah. Do so. you think it's any different than most, or is it about the same? Uh, I'd say it's pretty liberal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, I'm, I haven't really been on other campuses, but I'd say it's pretty typical. Is it uh, hard to hold opposing views to the status quo? <laughs> Almost impossible. Really? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean you're multi-teamed, I mean, like against you. Yeah, really? always it's always, and professors as well. I've only had one. Luckily, he was my advisor, but I've only had one conservative professor. Huh. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, over multiple disciplines. Granted, I'm mostly in humanities, but mm. um, yeah, I mean it's tough to find a conservative in Minnesota, and then. A liberal arts college in Minnesota, <laughs> what's which is known for its choirs, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, 
Is there, uh, well, the the big hubbub on campus right now is the blow up about yeah. bringing Ben Shapiro on. Yeah. Uh, are you involved at all in the government of the, no. camp, uh, the student um, body? No, I'm not involved in SGA. I'm not involved in YAF, which is the, I am semi-involved Young in Americans YAF. for Freedom. freedom. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm semi-involved in them, but not really, more on the outskirts. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the leadership in YAF is not exactly um, who conservatives would like to identify with. In the sense they're, they don't embody what a conservative is. They're too polarizing, I think. So it makes it difficult, especially in a in an environment that's, um, you know, hostile towards conservatives, mm-hmm. to say, yeah, I stand as a conservative with these crazy people who, uh, one has an article in the or a opinion column in the Concordian. And he'll just, you know, kind of attack people almost. And he just attacked the religion department recently and with no sound logic whatsoever. Well, I mean, what's the... He, his, what, what's uh, his point? His point was that the college's uh, um, mission statement is that we send out good conser- or good Christians into the world. Mm-hmm. And that by shaking our faith and by questioning your faith that you're actually not doing that. So oh, oh he's, he's by questioning what you are as a Christian mm-hmm. that you're not sending good Christians into the world. Which I mean, I think personally, I think you have to question something for it to be strong. Mm-hmm. Well, it should be able to stand up. Yeah, and so I mean, you're. It's basically a little glass house that you stand in. If mm-hmm. you can't, I mean, you have to be able to defend what you say and hit the argument that you, I mean you could just go read it on the Concordian but I mean it's just it's just doesn't there's no logic involved in it it just was poorly written mm. and that's just him typically yeah and so uh, and it's been they're extremely polarizing figures always and you know it's something that as a conservative you kind of act as a chameleon more so um, J- just to get by yeah, I mean, I there's the people that know me mm-hmm. that I, I I all my friends are liberals, uh, and they all know that I'm a <laughs> you know a level-headed, common sense conservative. Mm-hmm. That um, you know I can understand and I can appreciate why liberals think the way they do at times, if they appreciate the way I think about things. Too. How often does that happen? How how I mean I've I've been called multiple times by friends of ours mm-hmm. that I'm backwards for thinking a way I think. Or bigoted. You mean people from the same high school? From, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> which is okay because, I mean. Bigoted. Uh, Give me an example. Um, I, I, I feel in a lot of the, the articles I read mm-hmm. and, you know, if you wander about social media and just listen to comments, you get to see, you know, ev- everyone throws the bigot card out. Mm-hmm. Usually by being a bigot themselves. Mm-hmm. But that does, it doesn't affect them. It you know I'll call you that, but don't ever ever think I'm that. Right, because I'm you know here's, here's, superior. Yeah, exactly. Because here's um, they kind of say okay, you know Trump. Uh, one of the reasons Hillary, um, basically she was too good, 
Um, the reason I don't like Hillary is, well, the reason she lost is her problem is she's too good of a person. You know, she's too morally correct as a, you know, a liberal who thinks, you know, that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're constantly called, I mean, even for supporting someone like Vince Shapiro, bringing him into campus mm-hmm. that he can speak his mind. Um, they say it's, you know, it infringes upon the trans population at Concordia and it makes them feel like it questions their identity. It questions them being there. Don't they question their identity at some level? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, everybody should question their identity, in a sense. Well, I mean, I, it, it intrigues me that that, and, and the fact that somebody holds a view that's contrary to your lifestyle, mm-hmm. that is now dangerous to you. Right. And so, I mean, that, I, that seems weird. I I kind of think along, along the lines of John Stuart Mill, who writes in On Liberty, that basically you have to hear um uh, di- uh, opposing views mm-hmm. so that you can disprove them and show that how crazy they are. And that only strengthens your view to the average population. Mm-hmm. So if you really don't, I mean, Ben Shapiro makes a habit of destroying students. If you ever watch his videos, but if you really think that Ben Shapiro's ideas are crazy and they, you know, bring him up there, refute them. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I had to sit through Sean King, if you know who Sean King is. I don't think so. He's probably the liberal equivalent of Ben Shapiro. Really? Yeah. Is he as literate? Yeah. <laughs> really? No, no, no. Oh. He's not, no. <laughs> he, um, he put up on the screen a picture of uh, Warren Harding. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, he's like, does anybody know who this president is? And I said, yeah, it's Warren Harding to the people around me. Because they all know, from probably about four years old, I've had all the pre- presidents memorized. Um, backwards and forwards, out of order everywhere. Nice. And I said, yeah, that's Warren Harding. And he's like, this is Herbert Hoover. And I was like, that's Warren Harding. And I Googled him at the time, and I said, this is Warren Harding. He was, like, professing that this was somebody else? Yeah. It was a picture of him, and I was like, okay. (laughs) And we paid him thousands of dollars to come, but he just basically talked about Trump the whole time. This was January. Yeah, January 2017. Mm Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you look look at his Twitter account, it's it's about what Shapiro's is, but the opposite. You mean size-wise? Um, it's probably smaller than his size-wise, but it's about he talks about how Shapiro does, but just on the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, I I, I just searched the webs for him. Mm-hmm. Twitter one hour ago. Here's where I am and where I hope you are too. Number one, this is from Sean Kink. Donald Trump is an open, flagrant bigot. Number two, if you work for him, you are a bigot. Generalize a little bit, maybe. Kind of. <laughs> is that not, by definition, bigotry? I mean, yeah. I mean, how about all the people that at one time worked for him like as construction workers or something? Bigots. Yeah, bigots. I mean, they worked Done, for him, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Shapiro uses a little bit more logic than Sean King. It would appear yeah. someone commented on that post. You are literally too stupid Here. to insult. <laughs> okay, the the friend that told me yeah. that I was a bigot, he sent me a tweet a little bit ago. It was probably a couple weeks ago. And it was from Shapiro, or from Sean King, and said, I do not agree with this guy. He's crazy. And I was like, finally, you know, you're seeing it. Because King had tweeted that... Um, now that all these people, now that medical marijuana is legal in California, that we should release everyone from jail that was in there for marijuana already, or that um, marijuana is decriminalized or mm-hmm. whatever it is in California. We should release those that are in jail for marijuana already, and we should set them up with businesses 
the government should set them up with pot distributing businesses for it's having making for a having bunch of them, dealers for yeah, exactly for having wronged them it put them in jail for this law that has now been changed that was Sean King how many people who are wrongly imprisoned get the government to then set them up in life after that it's normally oh we were really sorry yeah. sorry about that yeah. you're free to go yeah that's wow. what Sean King wants and it's like okay that's Wild a crazy. Somebody, somebody tweeted back at him were you high when you tweeted this <laughs> yes <laughs> so yeah that was the big th- thing on campus and um, it's still going on right well the, or, or is it done is he not coming they, out they kind of they canceled they the kind of rolled event. over they walked away with their there was a big campus forum we had probably had we had a lot of people show up to that, probably close to 200 people. Was this after, like, this was, because the, the uh, if I remember properly, the student government voted to pay a percentage of his fee, right, correct? Right, yep. In order, with, like, the necessary part. hmm And then after that got annihilated by somebody. Yeah, like I just. calls and. Yeah, the, student. Here's, the, here's what I would say. I know the vice president, one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, he leans liberal, and so does the president. And I think the student government as a whole just kind of voted for it because, you know, it's what you kind of do at times. You just kind of vote positive for, you know, yeah, we'll give money away. And we have the money, so we might as well give it away. And then I don't know. I think that they maybe heard a little bit of criticism from some people that, yeah, we're funding it. But in reality, it would have been funded regardless because I had been to a YAF convention last year and the YAF said we'll pay it you have to ask the mm-hmm. student government but we don't expect you to get any money out of it because they're probably full of liberal kids and we'll pay the rest and this is from a organization which is it's a great organization actually that I think um, because they're 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 funded very well mm-hmm. um, they were able to send probably 40 kids out to DC fly them out for free really uh, put us in hotels for free Feed us for free. I was able to go for a weekend and came. I came back and didn't spend a single dollar. Of your own money. Wow. Yeah. So, and that two people paid for that. Two really? donor. Two donors hmm. for like forty kids. That's awesome. Yeah. So they said, "Yeah, we'll fund Shapiro. We'll fund whoever you want in full." And so, anyway, so that was what happened. Was they passed this, and it was passed at like, um, probably. 16 to 8 or something like that. It was it was a good margin. And um, then they had the student government, which had liberal-minded, the, the executive team, which was liberal-minded, um, received a little pushback, which I can't imagine why, they, I mean, like, that they could not have expected to receive pushback mm-hmm. from this from a liberal campus. Right. And as soon as they received a little bit of pushback, they said, okay, we're going to... I think we'll fall in line with because we think this way. I think a normal person probably would have said, "Okay, we our people voted this way, and you can you can have problems, but you can, you know, you can just deal with those yourself. Right. You don't we don't have to be involved in it." So they immediately scheduled. It was kind of under the rug almost a uh, a meeting to rescind it, rescind the vote that funded. Ben Shapiro so vote again, campus. basically. Yeah, like basically vote again. And um, packed the room, probably about 200 students there. And um, during that meeting, it was the, the guy that I was talking about, he basically defended it. And by the end of it, he had kind of rolled over. Really? His, yeah. He, 
there was and most of the people there were athletes and typically and that's there's the school is divided basically there's a school of business on one side of campus and the rest of the side is humanities and the school of business is completely different than the other side and the school of business is filled with athletes so we assumed <laughs> i thought there would be you know somebody speaking up for it but nobody spoke up because the frame, the debate was framed like this defend ben shapiro's anti transgender positions mm-hmm. and now defend that and say that that's not hate speech and now okay explain how we can have hate speech on campus and how we can fund that and so the the leader of yaf from our campus basically said i really didn't realize it was hate speech and i'm really sorry and i apologize and you know is it okay if we can you know could we possibly bring in somebody else you know, to speak, and you just give but us they that. They just give rolled us over. Yeah. Could you possibly give us somebody else, that, you know, a different conservative? We just want a conservative speaker on that embodies us. Could you know, we don't want this hateful guy. Is Could we possibly get the money, you know, and transfer it to somebody else? And at this point in time, uh, knowing, first of all, knowing the guy, the vice president who was in charge of it, he said, nope. <laughs> and the reason being is it was had to do with parliamentary procedure. Mm. But the guy who was asking for it, if I knew at the time that what was going to happen, he had to clearly know what was going to happen too. So he, I mean, it was just super poorly managed. But he said, "Nope, you know, you're going to have to do it again." And I think you know a lot of people on SGA probably would have said, "Okay." Mm-hmm. You know. But um, miraculously, still two people voted to bring Shapiro in or to keep the funding with Shapiro, but the rest of the SGA voted against it. So it flipped from the overwhelming majority of people. Um, voting for to bring Shapiro in to exactly yeah. the opposite or more, yeah, <clears throat> way more over the course of about a week. So I, I think what intrigues me about this is this idea that if you have an opposing view from somebody, if you disagree with someone's lifestyle, not someone's skin color, their lifestyle, and you say that out loud to them. That becomes a hate hate speech, which essentially is a hate crime, or could be. Right. How it, in the world? I mean, what does he say that is a is hate speech? I mean, I I, I listen. I don't hear anything he says that is hate speech. Yeah, I think what they do is they're trying to equate lifestyle with identity, and they're linking the two together. And so they're saying that you choose to live as a you know, as a transgender. Um, person, not a transsexual, which you know, there's a difference, I guess, in the <laughs> sense that, and you learn this from spending five minutes at Concordia. Oh man. Um, but as a transgender person, um, if you speak out and say, you know, you know, it's biology, it's science, it's this, it's that. Well, you're questioning who I am. You're questioning, and me. that becomes hate speech. Right. How? I don't know. I'm confused at their logic. Well, because you're questioning my my being here. You're saying, why should I be here even? But why is it hate speech still? How does this turn into hate speech? I think it'd be interesting to look at the definition of hate speech more so. So what happened then is we rolled over, and so we're now trying to, or I should say we very loosely, um, are trying to bring in a different speaker for this semester and Shapiro possibly would be the end goal. However, to note, YAF, the national organization, offered to fund 
um, Shapiro after uh, Concordia SGA withdrew the funding. They said, and, and we'll they said fund we're it good. fully. And if it's you still not going to happen? If you, you can do it fully if you want. And they said, nope. Why? Well, the guys, I talked to him and I told him that YAF is going to fund you fully. You can do it if you want. And he said, um, and this was before YAF actually did it. Mm-hmm. I said, if you go to them and show them this, they will fund you fully. And he said, I'm not going to go against my word. I told them I wouldn't bring him. And then. So he flip-flopped first and yep. then said, I'm not going to do it again. And then he, then he put out, a, they put out a joint statement on behalf of YAF with SGA saying that we've all agreed to bring not that the YAF chapter has agreed to not bring Shapiro in and that we're going to work for somebody else. In the meantime, before that statement goes out, uh, he sets a meeting for after the statement when that would go out saying we need to discuss if we want to bring in Ben or not anymore. So yeah, it was kind of dead in the, uh, that's basically the prime example of our leadership there. Yeah. And so hence you don't really, that's why I think a lot of conservatives just be quiet. Yeah. And also because of the way the debate was framed. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, show me how this hate speech is okay to have on our campus. Well, Wikipedia yeah. defines hate speech, which is a total... Are you going I mean, to consult the book of knowledge? I'm consulting it, yes. Yeah. This is what Wikipedia says. Hate speech is speech, again, that's loosely defined, which attacks a person or group on the basis of attributes such as race, religion, ethnic origin, sexual orientation, disability, or gender. In so, the law of some countries, hate speech is described as speech, gesture, or conduct, writing, or display, which is forbidden because it incites violence or prejudicial action against a protected group or individual on the basis of their membership of the group or because it disparages or intimidates a protected group, or individual on the basis of their membership of the group. The law may identify a protected group by certain characteristics. In some countries, hate speech is not a legal term, and in some, it is constitutionally protected. So I think on the first part of the definition, you could maybe say, yeah, it's, it's speech that attacks, possibly, um, But what's a attack? Group. But I what, what is the, I mean, speaks again, against. What does it mean? Speaks against. Is that attacking? I mean, you could say it. Yeah, it speaks negatively against. But I think it really gets a little dicey when you get into inciting violence. Correct. And I think that's where it's different. Does Shapiro, by saying you're, I mean, you think you're a girl, but you're actually a guy based mm-hmm. on biology, mm-hmm. does that incite violence? I don't know. Well, but I don't think but so. But even still. It could be construed as hate speech because it. I mean, it says, "Hey, it attacks you," and maybe it. Maybe later in the definition too, it talks about inclusion in a group. It could go at that, but I don't know if it incites violence. But I know people that if you say that my Ford truck is better than your Chevy, yeah, at some you might get if they've got enough beer in them, you yeah, might get true. punched. Yeah, that I mean, could, that could incite, incite violence. Is this yeah. hate speech now? If you don't drive a red well, tractor, well, because it's not about your identity. Well, I guess you could it define is. it your identify, identity. It totally right? yeah. is. Some of these people identify they they are yeah to true. use the name John Deere. They bleed green. I mean, I mean to the point of, and I know people that I mean it, cars. Yeah. So by that, that logic, it seems like that could be determined as some sort of hate speech. You belong to a group, a group of people that think that Ford is a way better car, and if you don't have a Ford, you're an idiot. 
Yeah, I mean, I'd like to pose that to some of my liberal friends and see what they think. That would be interesting. Yeah. You should bring, bring us back the answer. That would <laughs> <Yeah>. be fantastic. <laughs> what what, I, what it could it feels be like. As, yeah, I mean, it could be. I mean, and, Especially, um, yeah, it's what it feels like to me. Now, I'm not on campus, so I don't know. But I've talked with several active college kids in the last few weeks, and I'm intrigued because it feels like that any view that is articulated that comes from the conservative right point of view starts out as hate speech from from the position of the liberal left and so by like initially without thought of what it is it is going to come out as hate speech and so by definition we must stop it so you as a conservative on campus aren't allowed to say anything now if you're a liberal on campus Say all you want. The, Repu- the conservatives will shut up because they know they're not supposed to speak. Yeah. It's what it feels like to me, like talking to the different kids that we've had in here. I think that's fair in a sense as far as probably social issues more so. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, whatever you say, whatever a conservative comes out of their mouth and however they articulate it, it comes across as backwards in the sense that, oh, you're, um, you're against universal health care. Well, you realize that that's hurting millions of black individuals who are um, impoverished because they didn't get a fair share because of, you know, past laws. Um, So you're kind of bigoted in that sense. You know, we can always, I mean, all roads lead to bigoted in this sense. (laughs) No, they start at bigoted. (laughs) But I don't know if they they start there, but I think they can lead you there. I think they might. Do do you think that's a legitimate um, point of view? What? That, like for, that to, to take that, that everything leads to bigotry, unless you agree with them or agree with a position. Do I, do I think that that's a good thing? Yeah. No. Because I think you should be able to see other people what they the way they think. Okay, here's an example. This is something we talked about, and it's it's an interesting topic. We talked about it as a group, and we definitely got called backwards bigots for it. You have two candidates. Every, on paper, they are equal. The same personality, same everything, except one is grossly overweight, and the other is extremely fit. Who are you hiring? Same qualifications you for the go- job. No, so it doesn't matter. It's just for a job. Like this yeah. Is so an, okay. A, so they're going to be applicant for a job. Yeah, they're going to be. Okay, compu- this is not an election. No, no, no. Okay. They're, they're going to be computer technicians. Mm-hmm. Um. And now you know for a fact they're equally qualified. Equally, because I, I would presume the the fat guy is probably yeah, better. Yeah. Okay, maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's not out exercising; he's actually right. Working. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, sorry. No, but they're equal. Okay, we could do writers. Okay. Equally qualified. Um, they both write basically the same way. Um, they're both dependable, both on time. Yeah. Who are you hiring? The grossly overweight person or the person who's extremely fit? Keep in mind, there is I, I a right would, and wrong answer here. <laughs> right. I, I would presume that the fit person would get the job. You're hiring them, so it's up to you. But I, I mean, personally, my argument was I would hire the fit person because the overweight person is likely going to have more health problems. They can catch colds. Mm-hmm. They can do this. Everything more. They're more susceptible to all health problems so 
in the long run, the more fit person that takes care of their body would be a better person. Friends of mine who are liberals say, doesn't matter, draw out of a hat. Body, really? They just like put it in yeah, the hat and just e- If they're equal, it doesn't matter. Their bodies don't matter at all. Now, let's use a rather liberal company out there, say Apple. Yeah. Uh, Apple, they pride Google, same thing. All all these big tech companies that are they're huge. They pride themselves in being uh, aware, healthy. They're healthy companies. There's no way they're going to hire the fat person over the healthy person. No well, way in the world. I don't think there's anybody that would really. If they're here, it's a hypothetical though. Sure. They're, I mean, you're never going to have two people that are equal on paper like that and equal in every other way. But, and I do see that you know possibly that if. It could be a problem if somebody who's more qualified and fat versus someone who's less qualified and fit, you know, gets the job overall, um, just because of that on appearance. Well, well, but, but if we're equal, I think it doesn't matter. Yeah, but I mean, let let's say, and I don't think I'm holding a view here. I'm just no. speculating. Um, the let's say you have an a you have a, uh, an appearance of your company that you want to project. Right. Is that a bad thing that you want to project a more fit, a more, um, a more disciplined physique? Is that bad? No, I don't think that's bad in any sense. If it, that's it, what you want right. to portray, is, is I mean, there any reason that you can't discriminate that way? Um, you know, to to say, well, I'm legally, sorry, you, there might be. I don't. If, it, I don't know. Is there? I don't know. Is that legal? I haven't seen anything, but I mean, I feel like that's discriminating in some sense. And that's the argument that they took. Well, you're obviously clearly discriminating and um, backwards, bigoted. And I mean, it just, to me personally, it's nothing against their, you know, if they were more qualified, Mm -hmm. even slightly more qualified, I would, you know, but if... Hypothetically, if they're equal on paper and just weight is the main thing, and mm-hmm. and I think weight relates with health, and so oh, and well, and discipline. So, and yeah. my thought is, it's not they're not equal. Yeah, and maybe they understand how to type in Excel the same. Maybe right. they can show up at eight and leave at five. Maybe they can do the menial task of it, but I. I, I kind of feel like that that, that that you you can't be equal, exactly. No, you because can't be. clearly, if you are, if you are actively fit, I I really think that a lot of it goes to the the image of your company. What do you want to portray? Now, here's a question I have that I I don't know the answer to. I think I have an opinion on it. I heard a a tech writer. He writes for the Boston Globe. He said that companies like Apple need to deliberately diversify the appearance of their company as far as as, um, race goes. Now, and so what his point was, they need to, they should be required to look at the race of someone and pick the black person first. Affirmative action type thing. Kind of. Yeah. Because of the appearance. So here's my question. Why can't we do the same thing with fit? And maybe that means that we required, you know what, we've got too many fit people, we need to add some fat people. I mean, it, it, where does, it, where does yeah. it end? Now, I'm not at all trying to say that if you're born with dark skin, 
you're the same as someone that is fat. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, there's a good chance, short of a medical issue, that the fat person doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. You don't have a choice what color you are, unless you're Michael Jackson. And then you end up being dyed, being dead, um, <laughs> being suicided. <laughs> was that suicide that got him, or was it he got he somebody his doctor gave him too much medicine, wasn't it, or oh, something like that? So call it what you will. Yeah, he was offed. Yeah. Totally, he was murdered. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I mean, I could see that murder. Yeah, I don't think it was. I doubt that Prince killed himself as well. I was going to say that, too. (laughs) But that's a whole other podcast. (laughs) Um, I'm just totally intrigued with this idea that at campus, you know, on these colleges, unless you hold a very specific side of the political aisle, dear, you really aren't, you're almost not authorized to speak is what it feels like. Yeah, or to outwardly hold an opinion. I mean, you can obviously hold the opinion you want, yeah. but the one that is celebrated and really like showcased seems to be one-sided. Oh, for sure. And I mean, I've had. So I went to when I went to D.C. Uh, that's when Trump passed the, uh, as I would like to call it, a travel ban. As my friends would like to call it, a Muslim ban. <laughs> um, so he passed that, and I was in Dulles, and I was in my hotel room looking at CNN on the TV and there was the airport I was going to be in the next day on the TV with protesters outside because of, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. Dulles. Um, and so then next day I fly back to Moorhead and I go to the class the day after that. And, um, professor cancels class, uh, doesn't cancel class, so to speak, but cancels what she was going to talk about in class Mm -hmm. to instead talk about, the travel ban, Muslims, um, and just how terrible Trump is overall. Because you can't, had someone been there to say something positive, that, no way, right? What do you mean? Well, you, you, that's just showing one view, yeah? One side of the argument? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, there was no, is right. Trump a good person? It was, it was like, Trump is a bad person. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't know. To me, whoever the president is, is almost, it's almost, it doesn't matter. Right. At some level. I mean, they, they, they're they figurehead. Yeah. The puppet. I guess, well, I don't know. I, I, I think that because, because that position is so, I mean, you cannot be president more than eight years. Right. Elected for more than two terms. Right. Um, yeah. President, I think. 10 years. Uh, yeah, if you're something uh, like a takeover or yeah. whatever, yeah. Um, so, I mean, in the reality of time, that is short. And the the speed of legislation typically mm. is molasses or slower. Yeah. So, for anybody to think that a bill was just whipped up overnight. True, I mean... At some point, you can't do that. Now, changes can be whipped up overnight. You bet. Mm-hmm. But to say that, well, all of a sudden this person won, and man, they just started cramming this bill together. It's because it was all done. They just had to piece the well, healthcare bill is a right. good example of that. Right. How, you know, how did that work out? Well, I mean, you could say the same thing with tax too. Yeah. Um, you know, tax reform being mm-hmm. um, crafted pretty quickly. But I think overall, it's, I mean, but I, when I you study it was, legislation, it's mostly 
lobbyists that write a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It would, I mean, lobbyists have a really bad connotation. Um, well, they, you know, they, they kind have of, an agenda. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, but a lot of lob they craft the legislation because they're the experts in the field mm-hmm. on those topics. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, bills are never written overnight. By any no. Means. And they're always works in progress. Right. Which, so, yeah. I don't know. It, it just feels so... For people to be so upset. And I think one of the things, because you were on campus during the, the election. Yeah, I was. Had you voted in a presidential election before? No, I missed so, it by 20 days. Oh, so this was your first. This was my first, yeah. Presidential election. This was a year, yeah, a year 100%. ago. Like 13 months ago. Yeah. Roughly. Yeah. Um, was, how was demeanor on campus? Oh, I mean, people crying very. Like before? Oh, before. Day I of, mean, how was it? Like election day, what was the atmosphere? Um, election day, I think it was pretty, pretty. I think liberals thought that Hillary had it in the bag. It was pretty. Um, I wouldn't say confident, but um, the media comfortable. The media were yeah, it was comfortable. <laughs> yeah. I'd say um, knew that she'd win, um, and then the day after was just <laughs> it was chaos. Did the, uh, what was the, like, I, I heard from another, yeah. uh, I think University of Minnesota professors sent out, like, emails to students that if you needed a, a mm. personal health day, you could not, you wouldn't have to come to class. Yeah, I think the president of our college sent out an email. Really? Not where you don't have to come to class. But you wouldn't be counted absent if it you wasn't, didn't? It wasn't more so that, but more so that we all need each other at this time, this dire time right now. I Do you think that that? Would have gone out had the election went the other way. Oh, of course not. That's outrageous. Yeah. Because well, clearly there are people on both sides on a campus. There have to be. Well, not enough. I mean, if you look at Concordia, I think it was like 30% of people voted for Trump, where like 65 voted for Hillary. And the other five were just there. People or percent? Perce- oh, oh, excuse me. Percent. 60, right, no. Yeah, yeah. No, so 60, 65% of voters voted for Hillary. 30% voted for Trump. And then like 5% were there. Hmm. So, I mean, they're kind of talking to their constituents in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, you walk around and you could tell that. It, and, again, I spend most of my time on the. On the left side of campus, um, both on the spectrum. Both politically, yeah, politically and, and physically? Yeah, on the left side, in the humanities, and it was, people were bummed out. Really? Yeah. I mean, there was crying, there was just people, it was just, I don't know, it was tough to be a winner at that point in time and be joyful. Because Why? You saw, well, Why? because you saw people around you that were struggling. Yeah, but had it been flipped... There would have been no regard. Oh, exactly. No I regard mean, for the losing side. Right. I think that's just me. I mean, there are probably people out there who were like, you know, mm-hmm. you know. But at the same point in time, there were people out there who would have been like, if to me, they wouldn't have been rubbing it in my face either. Right. Um, so I think that's just on a personal level. But um, yeah, definitely. If it, if it, the opposite result had happened, it would have looked. Totally it would have been different completely. Yeah. yeah. It would have been. It would have been more of a feminine. There was. I think. Trying to remember if it was the day before or shortly thereafter. That was shortly thereafter, actually. Um, 
a group of students just gathered around a piano in the main campus center and sang "This Girl Is on Fire" by Alicia Keys. They just pulled a <laughs> pulled out a piano and yeah, um, wow. That was shortly thereafter. So, so you've been into politics most of your life. Yeah. Did the prep of this feel different knowing that you would be able to go and cast a vote? Did this, um, did this election season seem different? I think it just seemed different. I mean... Did that not Trump, have anything to do with the fact that you could vote? Or just it was I, such a different scene I as mean, usual? I mean, I definitely researched more. Mm-hmm. Um, partially because I'm older now than I was in the past. No so, way. Yeah. I somehow am four <laughs> years older than wow. I was before. Now, now I'm an adult and I can vote. Oh, yeah. man. But no, I mean, I did research in um, 2012 and 2008 and stuff like that. But obviously you do more as you get older. And, mm-hmm. um, but I think it just felt completely different because Trump was running and just how... What was it about about him running that made it so different? His rhetoric. He, was, he wasn't afraid to say whatever came to his mind. Good or bad, right? Yeah, <laughs> he wasn't afraid to say anything. He, um, he would call a spade a spade and, you know, would call a spade a... A very black spade or something like that. <laughs> he um, he's one of a kind. Do you think that has helped or harmed the establishment of our politics? Well, like, like the the well the system that we have. Well, I think civil discourse is important, and I think Trump kind of destroys that a little. But I think we should be able to um, talk straight with people too. And I think that's important, but I think you can do talk straight with someone, but also be respectful and kind about it. But at some point, one of the things that just cracks me up is watching the Senate, yeah. namely, mm-hmm. because like I'll, I'll just turn on C-SPAN while I'm working, have it mm-hmm. running on a yeah. second screen, yeah. and just watch, because it fascinates yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. intriguing. But to listen to them, they could be like coming at, a position from absolutely polar opposites to the point where I mean they want they have knives out essentially, and their 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 dialogue as well. My friend from Virginia, I mean, yeah, I mean at some point, that's don't we want like Parliament <laughs> in Europe <laughs> to say yell and hoot and holler? I mean, I mean, I think you. The answer lies in the middle a lot. I really do. Um, but but that that the way that discourse is made typically feels so contrived and so just yeah. I mean, just fluff. Yeah, I mean, it is it's like for show. Because the reality is, they all hang out at the same gym. They all drink this at the same bars. Right. They're all pals a lot. I think them. I don't know. Uh, that might be partially parliamentary procedure. I can probably tell you again in four months. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I think that's just kind of the way it is. But I think we should overall, um, I think there is a way to say you're stupid and I don't like you without saying you're stupid and I don't like you. You know, well, I think clearly, that, yeah. you know, I mean, level I think, uh, yeah. smarter minds. So, I mean, I mean, I think there's a way for Trump to get to an end. But with, has he done anything different than he's ever done? Um, in what sense? Well, it it feels like it feels talk, like yeah. that Trump is a known quantity. Yeah, 
when for, I was for in sixth, him, yeah, when I was in sixth grade, I could remember yeah. this big feud with Rosie O'Donnell. Oh man, and he still brings it up in debates, yeah. you know. But um, for him to all of a sudden flip out and be this perfect, like polished politician, right? That's not him. No, and I think that's good, but that he is himself. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, it's good for politics that he's straight talking. It's bad for politics that he's um has no concern for the other person. Because I think you have to be able to see the mm-hmm. other person really mm-hmm. and say, Okay, yeah, they're a person too, and why do you feel that way? Right. And okay, I can see why you feel that way. You're still but, wrong. I mean, or, I disagree or, with right. you. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're wrong. But I think we can find somewhere where we both agree. Mm-hmm. And we can get to that point, and we can agree on that, and we can be good people overall with each other. And I think that's what politics is losing nowadays, you know, where Reagan and Tip O'Neill can go and have a drink after it's all over. After ripping each other's yeah. heads off. I mean, mm-hmm. because it's okay because, you know, Reagan thought what he thought, Tip O'Neill, O'Neill thought what he thought. That's fine, but we're still, at the end of the day, we're people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people forget now, that we're all humans were all you know created by the same true and i think that's what that's what politics needs today but can it can it in in our current with the current system we have with government as large as it is and into so many it's got its fingers in so many things the budget for government's outrageous yeah which means you need to have more control and more say right so is it possible do you think for us to get back to that discourse where you can actually compromise when there are so many issues that the people that vote for these people don't want them to compromise. Mm -hmm. Like the left sends people to Congress to not compromise, to make everyone come to their side. The right sends people to Congress to not compromise. Now the difference between the two parties that I've seen is the left will campaign on we are strong. We're gonna get the we're gonna get the other side to come to our side. The right campaigns on we're gonna work together. We're gonna we know how to go across the aisle. Yeah, I know you do, because they know how to pull you over. Right. Yeah. And so what happens when there are so many so many things that the federal government is into and running? You then become you then begin to get these these decisions that when you get into the moral side of things it's hard to compromise on someone's morals it's really hard to compromise it is tough to compromise um it all depends what's a moral issue because you could mm-hmm. say it's kind of we were i was having this conversation with a friend of mine what's a fiscal issue what's a social issue because you can describe yourself as fiscally conservative as, uh, and socially liberal, but is health care a social issue or is it a fiscal issue? You know, it's somewhere in between. Well, and, and, and I think words matter, though. Is is that the proper word to say, is health care this? I, I think that the proper way to say that is, is government paid for health insurance. <laughs> a social good or a fiscal. To me, right. that's the difference. And it's all semantics, but it matters. Words matter right. when it comes to 100%. law. 
And, and so the, the media has, well, and I, I mean, the, the people involved have crafted this where it's become, oh, you're against healthcare. No, not one bit. Right. But it, but, but if you really get down to it, the arguments against government run health care insurance is just that it's not against giving, you know, providing health care or not. No, not providing. It's not against having health care available. It's against who pays the coverage and who right. determines what you're allowed to get. And it, I mean, it gets funny there with pre-existing conditions too. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why it's so tough to take. I'm this far right and I'm not budging at all. And I'm this far left and I'm not budging at all. Mm-hmm. That's why I think somewhere we can work together where, yeah, I don't, you know, we don't have to be like, um, these, you know, a communistic state where, you know, um, Healthcare for all, or a socialistic state, healthcare for all—that's good. But we don't have to be, you know, totally in the ballpark where, um, you know, private market. I think it's somewhere in the middle where we can say, okay, pre-existing conditions. That's you know, I think there's bipartisan agreement on that. That's good, and that um, it will grant more healthcare access to those people that do but, have pre-existing. But but does the question really get back to the foundation, like from from the the conservative? Right. I mean, the viewpoint. government shouldn't have a position. Right. The conservative that. position goes back to who's controlling that, who who is funding it, who is right. paying the bill, because when someone pays the bill, they get to say, they get a say in what happens, and that that's just nature. And that's right. how it works. I mean, if I have kids, I'm paying the bill for their phone. I get to determine what happens with it. Right. That's my right. Mm-hmm. Because I'm paying for it. Mm-hmm. Well, they also live under my roof, yeah. right? I'm responsible yeah. for them. So their food, even if they're yeah. paying for it, yeah. I still have control. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, but but but, uh, but going who, back okay, to finding the, the middle yeah. ground though for that, how do you have people come together in that polarizing of an issue and even remotely be able to come at it? Because the the difference that I've noticed in the two parties, really the the foundational difference is one side, the blue side, they come at almost everything from the perspective that uh, a government entity is going to be able to do it better and more efficiently. Yeah. And so then should have the access, should have the money and should hold the purse. The red side typically comes at things, not always, but typically, from the position that the people are better suited to make the decisions. And businesses do things better. Typical private to, businesses correct. do better than the government can and, ever And what imagine. happens, though, is when you come at things from those two different positions, I don't think you can ever get on the same road. I mean, that's fair. Um, conservatives definitely have a different view of government than right. um, liberals. But I think we still have to find a common decency. Oh, and totally. I think, and I think totally. that's what's lost in government okay. today, in I, politics absolutely. today. Absolutely, that is. Um, you know, I can. I mean, if you're, you think the government's the end all be all, I can respect that, and you should be able to respect that. I think the government's right. this evil entity, right? Oh, and that it's just there really to protect social order, mm-hmm. um, and then everything else it should just protect freedom, really, and then it should be able to maximize freedom. Or the individual, um, but you should be able to respect that. For me, even if you come, you think differently mm-hmm. than I do. And I'd say, I see. I think that's probably doable. I don't think it happens very often. But it's I not think now. That's pretty it's, I mean, it's not happening now. 
Well, but I think it's doable. What I don't think is doable is to be able to craft legislation that is in the middle somewhere. I don't know how you do that. Because at some point, someone is changing the foundation of their belief to come to come toward you. They're getting in a Ulti- different car. Ultimately, both sides should. Okay. We both we both get in a different car. Okay. The same one. Yeah. But we can't yeah. do that because then the people that sent us to Washington said we need to be in this car only, and if you get in that car, you're evil. Is this a big Fair. circle that can never I, be? It's politics, I guess. But, you're, I mean, you're going to have to say, <laughs> yeah, I'm there, but I'm making sure, okay, we're both in the same car. We're, you know, who's in control of the steering wheel more mm-hmm. so? And I'm making sure we don't far, uh, veer too far off to the right mm-hmm. and, um, you know, or something like that. I think that's kind of the what you could take back to your constituents and mm-hmm. say, you know, we're, we're driving down the lane. I'm just trying to, you know, make sure we don't go off to the shoulder here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, we'd rather, we want to pass this car and be in the other lane. We're going to go to the left, but I just don't want us to go off the shoulder. Yeah. So, um I I think that would be fantastic. That would be a wonderful utopian universe. Yeah, I mean, it's almost <laughs> like I'm a liberal thinking this, right? <laughs> this perfect ideal world. But yeah, it's good uh, in good in theory, but not in practice. It's great in theory, but yeah. but I don't think it works in practice unless the government fingers are in less things. Oh, completely. I think it needs to be in less things. But then again, we have that argument about right yeah well that's not fair yeah and it's so tough to take away things once you give it to people so it goes down and i I asked this to a couple other college kids this summer um i don't think you can have both ways because one side of the aisle stands on liberty and freedom Mm -hmm. as the pillars of their faith and the other side stands on equality and justice as the pillar of their faith right and there must be a way to have all four of those somehow. But that's not, it's not, it doesn't work. It doesn't happen because the right tends to be liberty and just, or liberty and freedom mm-hmm. first, or freedom and liberty yeah. first. I mean, why did we fight the Revolutionary War? For freedom. Freedom from. Yeah. From tyranny, yeah. From the, the freedom royal should, freedom rule. should ultimately ultimately be equal for everyone. The freedom, you, should, yeah, totally. So yeah. I mean, in mm-hmm. sense, yeah, the rights for equality too, it, it, right? And justice is blind too. What? <laughs> it is. Yeah, it should <laughs> it's be supposed to be. Yeah. She is blind, yeah. and at least in the statue, she's got a blindfold yeah. on. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It's it should be. But when you have these parties that then they put these these pillars they put like like the left will put the pillar of equality first above everything mm-hmm. and justice which in their you know for them equality is justice i think yes yeah. and then on the the right side you have freedom and then that's liberty and so i do everything whatever i want with my stuff no matter what get away from me to marry those all all those together that's I do think it could be done, though. It's tough. But I think justice is rooted in the truth. In the truth. that should be. It should be, yeah. And it's interesting. I'm not sure. We I think we talked off air about Oprah. Yeah. But did you hear her Golden Globe speech? Part of it. Yeah. She talks about 
people sharing your truth or their truth as being the the like the pinnacle yeah i mean and i think truth is good but i think truth is truth it's not i mean maybe she's meaning this truth that you've held inside and you haven't told but your truth and my truth are the same truth because the truth well, the truth, truth is, is <laughs> because the correct. truth is but that's not what she was saying that's yeah i mean unless i don't know to her your truth is what your truth is different from my truth well and by that logic hitler should be celebrated the truth is truth i mean there's only one truth well, i think so because it's the facts but by the logic of that of that argument of the left in that of oprah then we everybody i mean <laughs> jeffrey dahmer um ted kaczynski yeah. uh, manson their yeah. truth was their truth shouldn't we celebrate it hitler right and, and i mean it's ludicrous to think because it goes against the the moral truth but by that logic that your truth is the pinnacle, you, you standing up and telling us your truth. What if my truth is everyone needs to be off the road when I drive because I need to get there first? Well, then by that, I should be able to force everyone off the road because my truth trumps yours. Well, but what if your trumps. truth trumps mine? Yeah. yeah, I mean, the truth is the truth. It I should think, be, in the end, right, yeah. but it can't be now. In our current political climate. I think that's wrong. It should totally. It should be different. Yeah. yeah. How? We can't change that. Because now when you can determine, you can decide that you want to be something different than you are, and that should be celebrated, then that then truth is no longer relevant. Right. Well the truth is I think you're going to like the transgender thing. That's kind of where you're. Oh, Rachel Dolezal. Oh, the, yeah, true. But I mean, no, she, she, she hers didn't work out because right. it doesn't fit the mold. But logically, it should have. Logically, she should have been celebrated. For any of you right. that don't know, Rachel Dolezal was the, the, the Planned African. Parenthood oh, white girl. Yeah, yeah. That thought she was black and took well told everyone she yeah. was black and played the part of a black right. person. African-American. Right. right. Um, and, and yet was vilified because she was, uh, what's cultural appropriation, but she was on their side. I think it's different because you can say you're an African-American, but the thing is, um, when it comes down to it, you're not because science. You can say that you're, here, here and here's the deal, the deal. Uh, sexuality and gender are two different things. Is what They're not linked at all. And that's where that's something that um, you could, I mean, that's uh, something Ben Shapiro says. They're linked. And that's what a lot of liberals, um, pretty much all liberals on campus say. What? That they're separate. Oh. Sexuality and gender. Um, but either way. Because you can be, it's the difference between transsexual sexual and transgender um, in the sense that you can think that you're you can be transsexual and that's actually like if I were if I wanted to be transgender I would say um, not say but believe I guess that I think say. 
uh, that I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. Transsexual is something different. It's taking actions. And make- in the method of Bruce Jenner, you would just continue to talk like you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's taking actions to make myself a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, Here's my question to you, though. And so I think just to so, finish, no, yeah, I think it's ahead. different for Rachel, whatever her name is, because she's unless she took action. I don't know if you can. She did. I, can you make yourself a different I, Michael, Michael Jackson? Jackson? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> but I th- I still think that he is. He was African American. No, really, didn't look like it. Well, Not I remotely, and he didn't act like it anymore. I mean, he don't really acted like right. I don't. I mean, it's different in that sense. I I think that. Um, race is different than sex and gender, or sex, I should say. Oh, well, I think so too. Race is closer to, uh, probably closer to sex than gender. But I mean, how about I'll pose it to you? Do you think it's separate, or are they linked? With sex and gender. Yeah. I think that you can be predisposed to with interest. Toward a a gender, I I think there are two of them. I'm uncertain how you get to where there are 62 genders. I don't, I don't understand how you can get there. And oh, yet there, there there's a there, list. Yeah, and I I don't understand how you get there. So let me rephrase. I guess. Um. So if you're a male biologically, mm-hmm. is it possible for you? To be, to feel, to believe as if you're a woman. I think that it's very possible for you to have feelings and to like things that are typically things that females like. Absolutely. Does that make you a woman? I have a hard time getting on that boat. Because nature says otherwise. Right. Right. And, And my responsibility as a father, is to train my children the truth. And truth says there's male and female. And truth says that it takes a male and a female to perpetuate mm-hmm. the, the, the race, the kind, the society. And so when you get outside of that and start celebrating abnormality, and again, if somebody has, if someone believes that they are something else, as a society, we, we typically don't celebrate that. We typically don't encourage that behavior. If somebody thinks that they have a little monkey sitting on their shoulder and it tells them to do things, nobody in their right mind would ever say, you know what? You're right. I see him. He's, I heard him. Yes. Oh, Hey, everyone else. Hey, Hey, everybody. (laughs) See the little monkey. Nobody does this. If someone thinks they're too fat and they feel like that every time they eat, they have to go vomit. They have to go expel their food because they can't, they eat it, but they can't have it. They got to, you got to get rid of it. We don't celebrate this. We don't go... If someone thinks that their arm does not belong to them, if someone has... It's called body dysmorphia. If someone has that, they believe that their arm is foreign to their body and it does not belong, and they will do whatever it takes to remove it. And 
cut it off, do slam it in the door, do whatever to make it go away. There are people who think they should be disabled, and they're not. So they will wear braces, they'll walk with crutches, they'll do things so where they have to be in a, a disabled state. That is not activity that we celebrate. That's not activity, that's not behavior that we stand behind and go, yep, you are so right, right. and we're going to help you, help you, help you do this. And Shapiro says, he, the example he always uses is his grandpa was um, schizophrenic, thought the radio was talking to him. He said, we don't let grandpa think that the radio is actually talking to him. Mm-hmm. It's just we tell him that he's wrong and it's not good for him and we give him mm-hmm. medication. We don't um, hate him. No, we don't hate him. And so my question, I guess this is turning into my podcast. Uh, nice, I'll ask I like question. <laughs> <laughs> um, is now if somebody thinks that they are they're biologically a male. Mm-hmm. You think you're a woman. What pronoun do you use? Well, I I think it goes back to if somebody thinks they have, you know, little smarty monkey on their All shoulder, right. what do we do? Do we say, "Yep, you're right." And what is his name? Oh, yeah. Oh, is he talking to you again? I heard him. What did he say this time? So if well, yeah, here's the deal. If I, we did that, we would get in trouble for bullying. We'd get in trouble for mocking this person. How dare you mock them? How dare you make fun of them? How dare you play along with their crazy game? And yet, if someone says, you need to call me the pronoun G, X, I, because I don't identify with he or them or they or she or whatever. So your, your job is to call me the thing I want to be called. In any other situation, we would get in trouble for going along with a fantasy. But this one thing is now the only way to deal with it is to celebrate it and to go along and say, you know what? You are absolutely right. You do have three eyes and I can see it. I don't know if that's celebrating in a sense, though. I think it's more being courteous and respectful in a sense. Okay, then then we should be able to go to the guy, the crazy guy that lives on the street, and I say crazy, that lives on the street in San Francisco, and he's drunk all the time, and he talks to himself. We should go and be courteous to him and say, and meet his friend. Shake his friend's hand, this person that doesn't exist. It's courteous, right? We shouldn't try to help I, him. I don't know. I think it's it's different in a sense, obviously. How? Um... I think it's different in the sense that uh, if you were actually there, I don't know if you'd say, you're crazy, man. Um, and I don't think, I mean, you'd be rude to him. Oh, no, no I don't and, think there's anything I, to I, be no, rude. No, no. But I think some people can construe. If, so um, I watched an interview with Ben Shapiro was on it. He was talking with Zoe Tur, um, who is, was a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mm-hmm. don't know sexually, if we disconnect the right. two, I don't know sexually what, this person is who played the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, gender wise, they identify as a woman. Um, Shapiro I mean, would blatantly call them him and mm-hmm. he, right. I don't know if that's, I think that's somewhat, I mean, when you know what the other person wants to be called, granted, you could say, okay, the, the crazy person wants to be with, wants you to believe that there's a monkey in his shoulder. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just, I think there's some, that kind of goes into that civil discourse thing. I'm not going to... I think that you're somewhat of a... I don't know. I think you're of a sane mind. You still are... We can still talk. We can still have discourse. I think there's... 
But I think we kind of lose that humanity portion of ourselves if we say, um, you know, immediately go. It's almost in a, if I'm going to say, hey, you're, um, you're, you're actually a man. I think we I, we play along a little bit, but we just be we don't we can understand in ourselves that hey you you're a male you have all the male parts, but if you want to be called a female, I'm okay with calling you a female. I think that's kind of what you have to do a little bit because just to be respectful of them. So we then have but to not I well, think, but we have to acknowledge the monkey on the shoulder. Thing. I don't know though if we do How? because I, why don't we? Okay, if, do you acknowledge a guy if you see a guy on the street and he. I think if a guy is playing the game of a woman and he looks like a woman, I don't know the difference. Right. It's just like this panic over the bathroom. Right. Holy cow. We're going to have to lift up their skirts to see if they're. No, if they're for real playing the part, no one knows the difference. Nobody. There's no need for a law because nobody knows. Which is fair. Um, It's, It's like concealed carry. Right. Yeah. If you are a concealed carry person, nobody knows. And you don't ever tell them. What's the point? But it's it's these people that run about and flaunt this thing, or they look like Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner, whatever he wants to be called. Are you kidding me? You listen to that guy talk, and I'll say guy because you'd never know the difference if you don't see him. Right. He sounds as male as you can get. Yeah, and I, mean, I also think he should never be called an, an Olympic athlete or an Olympic champion. It's cheating. Well, I've seen as that. As a female, <laughs> I can't. I've seen that on uh, Alexa, you ask uh, <laughs> ask him. You know, they, um, Have you ever watched Steven Crowder? A little bit, he, not much. He, he did that. Um, Alexa is a social justice warrior. You should watch it because the thing that hooked me was they asked, who is Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. They say Jesus Christ is a fictional character. Really? Yeah. Interesting. They fixed it. Uh, Amazon fixed it pretty quickly, oh. apparently. But after a million people see it on Black Friday. Mm-hmm. But um, I still think, you. Know, I mean. I, I think, I think we have Bruce everything. Trump, it is our job, especially as a Christian, to love people. Right. So I don't believe that we should mock anyone. But I don't know how you can separate truth from someone's someone's truth that's where I was mm-hmm. that's where I struggle and I struggle as a, as a dad because what do I teach my kids if I play along with someone who wants to play the game of a girl and they are born a boy and they have bought for whatever reason they feel like they should be a different gender that, that back in the DSM-4 the manual for, psych, for psychiatry diagnostics and statistics manual I think it's called gender dysmorphia. That is a mental condition. Now it's gone it's been now. Changed, yeah. Right. The DSM five, it's changed. So that was a mental condition. The same as bulimia, body dysmorphia, um I mean just, right. just a ton of things. So what I don't understand is how we can not celebrate the other disorders, which have no no effect on me. If someone thinks they're too fat and they need to go vomit every time they eat, that has no bearing on me. It doesn't hurt me, doesn't harm me, does nothing. But I'm not, I'm not allowed, I'm not encouraged to celebrate that. If I do, I'm enabling them in their, in their, in their mis- misery and in their condition. And that could potentially become a crime if I'm enabling them to, do, to harm themselves. Well, how then are we okay 
to enable someone to go and get their genitals cut off because they have something that tells them they, it doesn't belong. How is that different than someone who says, my left arm does not belong to me, I need it removed? I think it's different because... How? It's been proved. I don't, I don't know how the DSM is compiled, but it's obviously been removed right. for, a, for mm-hmm. some reason. Well, I don't they know don't why. have a choice. It's called politics. True. Um, during finals week, a friend of mine who's been, we've been talking about my backwards. <laughs> if he's, if I'm rightwards, he's backwards. Um, he sent me a long, another friend of mine too, a long article about f- probably 40 pages long from a journal um, talking about the separation between sex and gender mm-hmm. and how they are separate. And we didn't read it because we didn't have time because it was finals week. I don't know. And I think it's, it relates to the DSM. But what I would say is I think it's interesting to think about whether when I say, you know, when I talk about Craig in the third person, with you know, he is, you know, he's this, he's that. Am I talking about your gender or your sex? And, I mean, I think that's where the disconnect could be because if you think – if we we unlink gender and sex, um, and I then we have to decide: Are we talking when I call Bruce gender a, a pronoun? It's not just what he wants. If it's related to sex, can you do that with animals? Can you separate the two? You can't. I don't think because I don't know. Animals aren't. I mean, humans are animals, but well, no, we're definitely not animals. I mean, we, uh, yeah. but I mean, the, the my, yeah. my 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 thought process there is you you can't do that in nature. You can't separate a bull from right. from, from a, a penis. What, right. I mean, what, right. it, it is that it is that thing. Yeah. So I, I, think, I think I think a male a man. Is that? I think and we get to think a little part bit more, it. though. I think we have more cognitive abilities to critically think. And the other thing is, maybe bulls talk about, or there's genders involved in bull language, for all we know. But we have, you know, animals, they can talk with themselves. We are humans and we talk with other humans. And so we are able to analyze you know, ourselves and other humans. And so in that sense, we can we open up a different possibility than animals have because we can't, you know, relate with them. Yeah, animals, in the animal world, gender doesn't really exist. It's, what? It's sex. If you disconnect the two. Oh, oh sure. But I, because I we, we can't identify what, we can't identify what an animal feels about themselves. I... Whereas humans, so, we can all, we well, can talk well, with each but, other and know what a, a but, different human are, feels about. But is that does that logic say that you are, you specifically are a male because you think you're a male? That's what gender is. No, no I'm I'm asking you. What, are, what is, is is that? What that is? Is what what, what is? <laughs> so you are a male because you think you're a male, not because you are a male. That's what gender is, yes. It's what you think. And how sexually I am a, a man because I have a penis. male parts. Yes. And yeah, and my chromosomes and everything. Mhm. And so that from that sense 
Shapiro says, if I'm in a tragic accident and for some reason my male parts get cut off, am I a man or am I a woman at that point in time? You're a male. Well, I'm a male because... Yeah. Your uh, body says so. My chromosomes. Right. I don't know exactly what it is to be transsexual. If I know you you basically reverse the, you know, if you're male sexually, you become a female sexually. Via surgery. Yeah, via surgery. I don't know what happens chromosomes wise. I don't know what yeah, you, Your I don't DNA. Know, you can't you can't even change that. No. So chromosomes wise, I think you are and that it, everything is in the, the semantics. What is sex? I think it is, sex, is semantic. Yeah. Is sex is that a the the, the social movement the 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 LGBT movement plus AAIP QQ whatever four yeah. um that movement will tell you that gender is a social construct right well that, that, yes. that, that gender is only because that's how you your society is raised and it it is it does the things that your group of of humans decide it should right and my thought there if we go back to nature only way nature survives oh, is with gender roles or sexual roles whatever you want to call them right. yeah. male and female mm-hmm. I'm 100% in agreement there so, so I, I so I I still go back to this this quandary that how do we how is it not almost patronizing for us to go to play along when if we did that with any other disorder any other mental condition if someone is depressed do we need to encourage them in their depression Right here's here's the deal. Um, it might have been formed by politics, but I think you, whether you agree with it or disagree with it, I think you got to go with the, um, whatever, BDM or whatever it's called, DSM. DSM. Really? Yeah. I think you got to. I mean, that's the rules of the road. So I think you got to play by that. Okay. So here, here's <laughs> here's a question I have now. Know this, whoever hears this. Yeah. This is not me equating the two activities, okay? Mm-hmm. Period. I'm not saying they're the same. The example is that societies change. And, you know, the things that are taboo are no longer taboo, potentially. An example would be homosexual marriage was something that was not an option. It was not, it was not even remotely good. There was nothing about it. Right? I mean, homosexuality by itself was taboo. It was something that was not, it was never looked at as a good thing by society. And now as we've come over the last 50, 100 years, it now is a thing that is to be celebrated and at some level, I believe, worshipped and like right. put, raised on a pedestal above all else. That if if you fall in that in the in the the L, we'll call it the LGBT camp if you fall mm-hmm. in that thing, you now should have a higher standing than than normal boring heterosexual people. That that's how our society has gone. So the question I have, mm-hmm. this now is the thing 
It's the coolest thing in the world. It's awesome. Great. It used to be not good. There was a lot of societal reasons it wasn't good. And those haven't changed, but our mindsets have changed. There is an organization, and again, this is not me equating the activities as the same. There's an organization called NAMBLA. The National Association of Man-Boy Love. And their goal is to eliminate the age of consent. Because they believe that a man and a boy should be able to have a relationship that's legal. Now, I find that repulsive, as do most people, Mm -hmm. short of the men that are in the group. And they kind of want that. Last I checked, it it had an entry in the Wikipedia. That is taboo in our society. What happens when, let, when, let's say, as an example, that thing being taboo in 20, 30, 50 years is now, you know what? Our society's changed. That's good. Now we're going to celebrate that and support it. How can we then stand on any kind of, of moral ground and say, no, that's not okay? How? It's a rhetorical question, but... I don't, yeah, I don't know if I can answer that, but what I would say is um, I don't know if, personally I'll say I don't celebrate people who are gay, but I respect them as human beings. Absolutely. And I think, because that's just a life choice of theirs. Correct. And I think personally it's none of my business Correct. what, what they do. Correct. So I th- I come at it from that angle that I'll respect you. Uh, I'll even, if you want to be, if you um, want to be called a female, and you're, um, I I don't really care what I call you pronoun wise. I'll oh, respect your name. I I'll, How about I'll, the name? I'll call you the name first. But if by a pronoun, I if I have to use one, I really I'll fall in line and I'll respect you and go that far. But sexually, you're not gonna. The facts are the facts. You are either a male, or you're a female. But I'll call you whatever you want, pronoun-wise. But I think that we can have that's we need to respect um, people because I know quite a few. I went to Concordia. I sang in choir. I know quite a few gay people, mm-hmm. and I didn't know that they were gay before I knew them, and really didn't change my view of them because they're they're people, and I you know I like them as they were as people, and I still like them as people. I, I don't think it's a question of of liking people or no or valuing all, I'm, them. I'm not celebrating the choice they made, but I respect them overall, and so that's where I come from. And I and I do see that it's kind of a slippery slope uh, fallacy where we could go to um, where in, where you know pedophilia could be a thing someday. Well, and, and the the point of I that think, example is that's something that is obviously. Taboo right. against society. What I would say maybe is part of the reason that's taboo is because children aren't able to consent. Well, back 100 years ago, the age of, well, 200 years ago, I think, the age of consent in the Northeast in some states was 10. Yeah. Sometimes I, as low as 7. Right. Um, now, we, 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 of course, we've we've grown as a society and as a culture, and that's not... You know, that's well, I think obviously we under, I not. think we understand humans' cognitive abilities abilities a little bit better. Maybe, now. but back thousands of years ago, 
there were kings that ruled and they were kids. True. Yeah. So were they more advanced than we are? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, and so as society, we could get to a point where we say, hey, children are cognitively able to consent. Well, I feel like we, we've already gone there when a kid is allowed to determine what kind of sex they are. Your brain isn't fully developed. Right. So it feels like at some level we're there. It, 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 to me, it's, you can't have both ways. You've got to have, you gotta, you got to hold, hold to a view and stick with it. And that comes with, with consequence. The consequence may be that you hold this view and these other things happen. And that happens. You, but you can't take, I want this piece. It's like when people, well, they just yeah. use, they have a certain little piece only and throw the rest out. And this is where I go back to this idea of if we we have to, if we're going to acknowledge and get on and get, get in the car down the road with somebody and call them mm-hmm. a weird thing, they whatever one they want to be called because that's who they think they are, we absolutely cannot not do the same thing for the guy who is confident he's got a monkey on his shoulder but the and different... we need to and we need to like celebrate yeah i see where you're saying what you're saying but the difference is we need to play by like the same rule with the uh dsm where that has been uh, whether you believe it or, or it's for political reasons or whatever um that's i think the common rule book that we could play by maybe i mean the argument you could probably take would be well then they need to take the other things out well what in what sense well because they they, take some of the other disorders out of there because they have no bearing on me they have no bearing on you well they're just saying that yeah these are all disorders but um the, the they've separated gender and sex now um science is been proven to separate gender. Nice gen- air quotes. Good work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it works well on radio. <laughs> right. Can you see them? <laughs> Has been proven to separate gender and sex. And so that, I that my under- I don't have a full grasp of right. understanding, but that's why, uh, that's my understanding of why they've taken um, that out of the DSM. So if we play by that, those rules there, they're different, but I think and so. Then, then you can respect them. Well, well, of course we can respect people, but I think I still think it goes down to the thing: is what do I teach my kids? Right. Right now, I am supposed to teach them that it is absolutely fine and normal for two men to get married. It's normal. It's the exact same thing as if a guy and a girl get married. I am supposed to teach my children that that is exactly the same thing. Because the Supreme Court decided that that word marriage now doesn't mean what it used to mean. It means something else. I think marriage shouldn't be. I mean, I understand why the government's involved in it, but. Why? Tax purposes, mostly. And 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 though, (laughs) we had this conversation. (laughs) You're leading the witness. (laughs) Right. I object. Um, But I think overall, a church should define what marriage is. I would think so. And the government shouldn't have any I think say so. in that. The only reason, and I've said this already, 
to you, I think, yeah. off air. Yeah. The only reason that the government has mm-hmm. any interest in incentivizing a, a heterosexual marriage is for the possibility of perpetuating the society. And that is the only way you can make more taxpayers is by having a man and a woman. Right. That's it. And I don't, don't go down the adoption the road. Government. Well, of society that's will exactly probably, what it society is. Society will yeah. probably perpetuate itself and it'll be fine. But we want our... But we have to incentivize. Well, no, it's a tax base. That's what we're perpetuating. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and you can't do that when you encourage it's, men to marry each other and you encourage women to marry each other. When you put them in the same category as a man and a woman marriage, it doesn't make sense because the only way to make children is with a man and a woman. You cannot make babies. You cannot make the next generation of taxpayers. Unfortunately, that's what we're looked at as. You can't make the next generation of taxpayers when you have the same gender. Right. You can't do that. So, why is government involved in marriage? To perpetuate the tax base. Taxpayers, yeah. And so, if that wasn't there, I don't believe government has any interest. None. There's no reason. Right. You should be able to do whatever you want. Sure, absolutely. Doesn't if you want bother, to you live your life, me. if it yeah. doesn't affect someone else, mm-hmm. go for it. The harm principle. I think so. Yeah. Now, I, there's a lot of evidence, and you know, the, the the LGBT club will say there's evidence the other way as well, but not as much, even close. There's plenty of evidence that shows that a heterosexual family is a more stable family. Now, there's obviously exception. You get nut cases. Are you kidding me? I, I would love to to be able to say you aren't allowed to have children. You're not allowed <laughs> to have children. And because I mean there are a lot of times that you see these situations where it's possible these people shouldn't be able to procreate. That's not our call. Right. We don't get to make that call. That's nobody's call but theirs. It right. Mm-hmm. But when you when you take away when you take away consequences of actions, and and that really is is what happens. I listen to uh, a guy named Frank Turek who fascinates me. Um, he's a theologian, a, a Christian apologist, <clears throat> and apologist, apologetics master, ninja warrior. I don't know. Um, the the issues in our society really stem from no fault divorce. That is where the issues begin. And it's true. Because now your marriage doesn't mean anything. Because if it doesn't work out, you don't like it, you just go to a judge and you can get it done. You don't have to have a reason for divorce anymore, really. Other than, uh, what, 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 what is the main reason for divorce nowadays? Um, irreconcilable differences. Yeah. Okay. You could say that about anything almost. But when you when when there's no way out, short of abuse, um, and, and you know and and uh, I doubt not, not that's not the word, um, affairs, mm-hmm. the, the, those are legitimate reasons I think to be able to get out. But if you can get out because you're just not, not, I don't feel it anymore. I'm just not feeling it anymore. You know what? Then you shouldn't have got married. But when there's a consequence for your action and there's a responsibility behind it, it changes everything. And we've taken that away. There's no, there's, no con- there's no consequence to marriage anymore. Because when you don't like it, you can just stop. I got married knowing this is not, there's not an option. Right. Short of death, there's no option. 
that I'm, I don't want out. I'm very, very happy with my, my wife. But, but that's not even a thought. I don't have a choice. When I chose to even make the call to her dad to see if it was okay if I gave her a ring, it's because that's what I wanted for the rest of my life. So that I I talk agree hundred percent with you. I talked to a friend of mine and said, Okay, it's all in semantics. What about um it's not marriage, it's a union. Marriage is a spiritual thing, it is a church thing. And gay marriage isn't it's a oxymoron kind of <laughs> Well, it's, it, it it's, used it, to be. It, yeah. They changed a, definition though. It's a union more so, and that's the government can be involved in unions well, of sure. people. But and say it, they can't say you know that we're not gonna not join you two, but a marriage is different. He said, "Well, basically, that it might offend gay people who want to be married. Right? You shouldn't deprive them of that." And the idea is, I think that's just crazy because it's you just marriage is a, a sacrament in a sense. I mean, we can argue over different sure. sacraments, right. sacraments, but um, marriage in that sense is different than a union. And if you don't, if you choose not to be religious, that's fine. You can still have a union, but it doesn't mean you're missing out on anything. You're just missing out on a church sacrament. Just like if you're not religious, you're missing out on a. Um, on a you know a baptism like you you're not baptized or you're missing out on communion it shouldn't mean anything to you if I eat a piece of bread it shouldn't mm-hmm. mean anything if I um if I don't put if you don't put water on you it doesn't matter it shouldn't mean anything if a church says you're married versus you're in a union so I think that's where what we should be more careful with language but the problem becomes when government incentivizes it and they do with taxes. I think they should just if if your end all be all is procreating tax or procreation to create more taxpayers, it should just be child credits, which is any. mostly what it is. Right. Yeah. More than any. More than well, any. Well, then yeah, I mean, then that takes everything away. It, mm-hmm. So it's a union, okay, but you're not going to have any kids, so it's whatever. I don't really care if you're married. Well, you can say you're sur- married. Survivor benefits, things like yeah, that. That, that like makes that. sense. Yeah. But I think you can get that in a civil union. Right. And I think that's what should, right, but but for the court to determine that the word marriage and the <laughs> thing that government calls marriage now can include things that aren't in the definition of it or weren't in the definition of it. What what is truth? Right, <laughs> I think. Words are words, and we do need to be careful with them, but it's, it's. No, words are hate speech. (laughs) (laughs) Full circle. (laughs) No, I mean, I think words are, they're important that we use them, but it only means what it means if you embody what they mean, if that makes sense. For example, I mean, you can say, because some ELCA church, I think they, they're fine with gay marriage. And they'll say, you know, God consecrate, or consecrates this marriage, and it's good. Um, and that's fine, I guess. If, no, that, 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 that's their truth. That's their, that's their truth. Lowercase truth. Mm-hmm. But I think it's perfectly okay if my church 
there's no we can't say marriage is this and i think that's the problem i mean why because it, there's division amongst it regardless because you can't we can't we even argue over what what communion is you know is it yeah well, within within the religious yeah, factions totally. i mean we yeah. we argue over everything mm-hmm. um within the religion mm-hmm. so it's impossible for us to say that this is something that's universally true amongst Christians. But my, my thought, though, and my whole point in this is it comes down to government sanction. Government-sanctioned marriage is for one reason, I believe. Yeah. To perpetuate society. Government, to make more tax, to incentivize more taxpayers. Government shouldn't sanction marriage. It should sanction unions. And marriage should be left to the churches. Correct. So let, let's call it a union that everyone, that a man and a yeah. woman can get. Right. The, the tax benefit should should only, the government only has an ins, a, a reason, an interest in giving a credit to the entity that can reproduce itself. It has no yeah, interest, and it should not ever incentivize incentivize an entity that cannot reproduce itself. There's no value. Right. There's no direct benefit to society, to the taxpayer, to government. And how how do they incentivize tax benefit? Uh, what tax benefits do give? Jo- joint filing, you get okay. uh, you get different tax rates. Okay. You get different tax benefit if you you get there's so what earned income credits, right. there's different credits for children, there's you can file jointly. Right. So they should take that out altogether. And if it's just for procreation, it should just be in child tax credits. Potentially. That but would solve the whole problem. It, it could. But you incentivize the thing that can reproduce itself. And that is a heterosexual couple. That that can reproduce. A, a homosexual couple cannot reproduce. Okay, what about a couple that doesn't? That doesn't? It, it can. It, it's, it, it can, but it doesn't. They're still get, reaping a benefit of something that's not there. True. Or what if they're just, but, what if they can't? But that's the exception by far. It is the exception. And not the rule. Right. Very much so. But what if you just take that out and say, okay, it's not it has nothing to do marriage doesn't get anything. Children it's just do. children. You're all Well, you, but but by doing that then you incentivize um baby factories. True. Which, you know, then there's true, a whole I guess. bunch of garbage then, that goes then, down that road. True, I see where you're coming. Cuz then you get these women that are just pumping children out, which unfortunately right. you have that in some states where the states mm-hmm. give you more incentive as well. Right. And you miss that that nuclear family, Correct. which is why you right. incentivize marriage. And that's why you incentivize the actual right. union, I think. The the union that can recreate, that can make itself again. That, that I think, is my the core position that I hold. And I, and I personally don't see a way out of that. If government's involved, period. Now, what, what if you incentivize marriage that has children? In the sense that... So you get the... You, you you get, get the, the benefits unless you don't have children, or as right. soon as you have yeah. kids, then you start getting it. 
sorry, I'm sorry to mean to. That's not a good point. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So once you have children, you can reap the benefit of the the marriage um, joint filing. Yada da da da. But up until so, if you and I, or not you and I, um, well, that's an example. (laughs) No, if if you know, if if I marry someone and one of us can't have kids, Mm -hmm. we shouldn't get a benefit of. You know, the being able to have kids, but at the same point in time, we shouldn't be able to deprive you and Sarah of that joint filing either. So I think what should happen is um, those the unions um, shouldn't be able to reap the benefit of that. But if you're taking a or marriages um, that don't have children that don't, uh, you know, they shouldn't also be able to reap the benefit. But if you have children, um. You should be able to. If it you, should be an extra. If you create a lot more checks, a lot more um, human touch into that, um, in, in, into that uh, equation, you are creating more government. Right. You are making more. So in order to have these unions, let's right. say, that are monitored, and so what does that do for, let's say, a, a couple, they are still in school and so they go five, six, ten years without having children, but then they want to have children. Does that mean that there's a government entity that's eyeballing them? Hey, do you guys have any kids yet? Nope. Okay. Er, off the list. Hey, do you have any kids yet? I mean, at some point you have to say the the entity that by nature can recreate itself is the entity that we are going to incentivize. But how about this? If you're okay, you're because there's always the exception. There's always going to be the exception. You're reaping the it's there's taxes are confusing. They need to be simplified. I know. They need to be simplified. So so it's simple. Heterosexual couple gets the incentive because they have the potential to recreate. I think you you're looking at it from the other angle. From the sense that, hey, we're we're gonna see okay, you're married, you have kids. I think if you look at it and say Hey, you have kids? Okay, are you married? Okay, you get an extra. You know what I'm saying? You're looking at, I think, if you look, ask every married person if they have, you know, if, do you have children? You can claim this, you know, you can you get an extra if you have children. I think that's, you're talking to people that, you know, a lot more so, people. So are, but if you're talking. Well, but if you start from the children question, you are potentially encouraging children first which is not the best option. Right. True. Um, But I think it's just a filing thing. And I also think, yeah, you're creating more government, but you're also... It's not good government. It's not good. It's not good. (laughs) No government is good government, though. But I think you're creating government that's... It gets out of the way of people in a sense that they're just looking at people more so than they're telling you what you can and cannot do or, you know, that you have to think a certain way. They're saying, okay, it's it's like a census more so. Than well, anything. I mean, we've, we kind of experienced what that can do in this healthcare, the individual mandate. Right, there was which a, isn't good. There was a new line that if it was zero, you now have a new fee you have to pay. If it had a number in it, right. then you didn't have to pay that. Right. It It added more work. It adds more... It it just seems to me that the the heterosexual couples 
that cannot have children or choose not to have children are definitely the minority and the exception to the rule. Right. And so I feel that you can't, it's not worth the extra human contact with that. I mean, it it goes back to freedom as well. Because at some point, I don't want the government coming up and saying, oh, I don't want the government coming to me and saying, oh, you didn't buy our official health care? Here's your fee. Here's your fine. Right. Here's your tax you wrong. had to pay. They, sh- they shouldn't force it to do Correct. anything. So I, I feel like that extra, the, as, little, as little government touch in our lives, this is me, freedom talking. Well, I'm, I'm with you. Right. But as little government touch as possible is best. Right. I, but I, I, I just don't see the, the value to government well, I, to, to incentivize a, 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 a union that cannot reproduce itself. I don't know if it is incentivizing, though. Of course it is. I'm saying if in the other form where you you just, if you're married, um, then you can reap the, you have the the child tax and you get an extra benefit on top of it if you're married. I don't think that benefits those that can't procreate or those that choose not to procreate. Perhaps. I don't know. Just where I'm coming from. No, that's an but intriguing I, thought. I think the I mean I'm totally on your side. I think the government needs to be as far out as it can because I think government screws up things and people can do things a lot better. I mean, prime example is always look at disasters that happen. FEMA doesn't do an adequate job. Wait a second. <laughs> Katrina wasn't a just a glowing <laughs> shining light of but people people do the best job. Correct. And churches do a good job. And See, so I think government should stay out of churches and it should stay out of the lives of people. But I think it is important, though. I mean, people do better, but I think government should be there, too, somewhat, because they have a role to play. What? I mean, cl- I don't clearly know they do, role. but what, what, I don't know what, what is I mean. an appropriate role? And I think that's the question we can ask and we can kind of define, but... Um, in the case of a natural disaster, I think it's to maintain order. and By taking everyone's guns at gunpoint? <laughs> no. Well, so Katrina was not a glowing success. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that comes back to, have you seen Trump when he was in Puerto Rico saying how we've done so much better in Puerto Rico? Katrina was, you guys, or Puerto Rico is a lot better. You guys are... Or you guys are causing us a lot more headache than Katrina. He just totally botched the whole thing as he throws out and like paper a game, towels, paper towels yeah. and like a game show style. <laughs> and that's the part of Trump that I don't know. It's fun to talk about. It it really is. And to be honest, it's I don't know. Just the the unknown is fun in that it sense. Is. Uh so now that we're off that rabbit trail for a minute. Like that was my rabbit highway. <laughs> yeah, we were <laughs> that last we were, half an hour. That was an autobahn. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I think it's cool. It's I think good, we're, though. I, I, think, I we're, think that when it comes down to it, I think we're closer than we, you know. I mean, I think we can respect each other. I think that's where I, that's mostly where I come from. 
is this language of mutual respect for each other. Mm-hmm. And I think overall, I think we're pretty similar ideas. We might, we might think a little, I mean, we might think, I think we're pretty close overall, but if we brought somebody in that was a little further left than me, I think that, you know, we'd still be able to find common ground. I think so. And I think that's just by respecting each other and understand and listening to well, li- listening. listening is the key. Absolutely. And I love the fact that you can, after four years, almost five or yeah. however long it's been, you've been <laughs> in that liberal college, that you still can have that, um, that respect for that. And I, I think that's huge because I don't really see that in a lot of the other no, and I don't know why. And as much, and and it's interesting. And maybe it's because they're the loud ones that get the most attention, and the majority are actually pretty rational. That's hopefully very likely. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of sad when the loud ones are the crazy. But I guess mm-hmm. that's how it works. The squeaky wheel gets the yeah. gets the grease. Yeah, but but I think we, you know, we're we're closer to, we're more similar minded than you'd think. And I mean, I think so. Yeah. Even on topics we disagree on, we can see, okay, we both are, we agree on some things, we disagree on some things, but it's fine. It's true. And I think that is just the different, uh, just we're human. Yeah. I have much, I care less about what somebody believes and more about why they believe it. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I would hope that my point of view is the correct one yeah. and that everyone should think like me. Mm-hmm. But I don't care as much about getting people to think exactly the same way as I do as I want people to understand why they believe what they believe. And if it's based in untruth, if it's based in a lie, then under scrutiny, that should be able to be show itself. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that is where I'm disheartened a little bit with the lack of ability on college campus, from what I can see, of a differing viewpoint to be put out there in front of them. Right, because... When you question somebody of the opposite opinion, it makes you stronger. It should. Because you have to figure out why you believe what you believe. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. We get, it's a, a echo chamber in a sense mm-hmm. that uh, we just all, um, we're not questioned at all. So we just kind of keep going further and further and drifting and not understanding why we believe what we believe, but just that we believe it. Mm-hmm. And that's a, it's a huge problem because you, we churn out, I think in these, we churn out so many robots. Uh, yeah. People that are supposed to just fall in line. Sheep. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because we're, they're supposed to be places of critical thinking and but it's only, not. But no, well, well, it is. It's a place of thinking critical about the other view. Right. <laughs> that's yeah. it. <laughs> True. But, but not, not understanding the other side. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's real open-mindedness, mm-hmm. I think, is and when you are willing to hear and actually understand the opposite view. 
And I think that's exactly what we're missing in politics. I would agree. And if, I mean, that's what Trump lacks. Well, they all do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's true. He, he, true. Just, he just, just is brash. Yeah. He has no, um, he doesn't have the cool filter. Right. Obama had somewhat of a cool filter. And I think that was there. I think half of the Republican candidates had a filter. Now, what I might have shown is that our country doesn't want a filter. Right. I mean, Bernie Sanders didn't really hold back very often. He wasn't as much a jerk, but he didn't really hold back. I think it shows that people want authentic people. Correct. And yes. like it or not, yeah. Trump is Trump. Yeah, he, I mean, is, he, he is, is what he is. is yeah. right? I mean, you ever watch The Apprentice? He's yeah. the same brash, arrogant person he is now. Yeah, the same guy I saw in sixth grade attacking Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> yeah. Still is attacking yeah. Rosie O'Donnell. Well, and you go back and watch that yeah. interview that Oprah did with him from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Funny, asking him if he, you know, what about running for president back then? Yeah. And of course, then he said, if I do, I'll win. People don't change. No. And the problem is, that's why Hillary lost. That's why I would say anyway. Because you, if, you, if, you, <laughs> if you look at her rhetoric even, throughout the primary, she became more and more mm-hmm. tried to, she's like, Bernie Sanders is winning. Yeah. What's he doing? Was well, yelling and screaming. And so she ended up yelling and screaming yeah. and eventually coughing. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Sore throat. Mm, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah. Um, well, and, and with her, there is so much on the record evidence mm-hmm. of position she's outwardly taking. She was governor's wife. She was the president's wife. She was a senator. She was secretary of state. I mean, mm-hmm. these are not low profile gigs. Yeah. So to get that, there's a ton of video of you saying things. Don't come out and say the opposite and say you never held the other view because you know in today's world of search C-SPAN, yeah. you can find it mm-hmm. and then put it together back to back. Yeah, And so you get these back to back comparisons of gay marriage should never be allowed. I think gay marriage is the best thing in the world and should be allowed. I've never said otherwise. <laughs> Iraq war too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's what I think our society wants is authentic people. I would agree. So how do we get there? I think we're getting, I mean, Trump is authentic. So so do you feel that we this kind of sets a stage for a new kind of politician? Do you think we'll see more of a Trump-esque style? No. Why? Because I think... It worked. I think Trump is Trump, and he kind of broke the mold. Okay. But I think, so I don't know if we're going to see people who are as brash... But I do think we'll see more people. I think we'll see traditional politicians be more, more bold, authentic. I would say. I I I think it's probably. I mean, I hope that we see politicians that are believe what they believe and stick to what they believe in, and that if you know, if you vote for a war and, you, and it turns out that the war wasn't good and it wasn't a good choice. You say, yeah, I mean, I stood by, I voted for this. I stood by it. I voted for it. Um, I supported it, but it wasn't the right choice. I made a mistake and, you know, everybody makes mistakes. Mm -hmm. I just, at the time I did what I thought was best and it proved to be wrong. Um, It's not a good case of my, it doesn't prove I have good judgment, but 
you know, I, I think it proves that I'm real in that sense. And so I think we're going to see politicians who are conscious of the, the atmosphere we're in right now and that understand that everything they say is on know, the record. Yeah. Every, everything you put out on <laughs> yeah. Facebook or Twitter is there forever. Yeah. And so it doesn't bode well for someone who doesn't have a belief system set, but it also doesn't bode well for someone who's crooked and, you know, just says what to get what mm-hmm. they say just to get support. Yeah. So I think it it could produce better politicians, more honest people. But honesty, I mean, we'll just find people that cover it up better. Do you think that that will actually be reflected anytime soon in actual elected people at the moment? No, not really. Because I don't know. I mean, I don't see... I think Trump will be reelected. I'd be shocked if he weren't. Even though he has really low approval numbers or ratings. Do you think that until the old guard, let's say, air quotes, the (laughs) old guard of both parties in elected, this is all national government, all the the, the old guys Mm -hmm. and girls that have been there forever in both the House and Senate, do you think they need to go before we'll see a real change? Because if you think about it, well, Orrin Hatch, he's yeah. gone or leaving. He's 82, I think, 83. Yeah. He's not young. Right. I, don't, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if the, the politicians that are your age and a little older are the best representation of that either. I don't either. See, I, I don't know if any of them in there I think that they kind of go a little off the deep end, too. I but, think but we're I'm, getting closer. As we're producing, hopefully, better. And I don't know if I'd say my generation's any better by any means for authenticity. But How do we encourage that? I mean, what is it that you can do? I mean, you're still in school. You're, mm-hmm. I mean, get into the law school world. Yeah. That's a whole different world. How do you encourage you and those around you as you go forward to really go there? When when history tells us you must be owned, you must pander, you have to say what you, the lobbyists want you to say, you have to do the things in order to get um, to get the votes. I mean, it's the Kennedys all over again. Yeah. That that's what history and that's what the the mold says mm. to do. The model says that Trump broke the model. Yeah. I mean, he he went outside the model and won. I think we, part of that is social media helps us have a voice. But and I think that helped Trump have, have a voice, I, right? But he had the courage to keep doing it. He still does. Now, whether we like what he says or not is beside the point. Yeah. He has the courage to still go around the sanctioned media and use his whatever assuming he's doing the the twittering i think he he had the courage to be first but i think our generation will just constantly that's how it'll reach voters and i think that's the platform it'll get how you get that platform i don't know how you go from somebody that has a couple hundred you know likes to you know thousands and how you how you go from somebody that's you know a South Dakota senator or governor, somebody that has a presidential shot. I don't know. But I think 
overall, I think we're getting closer. I hope. It would sure be nice. But I think it's a tough, it's a tough thing. And I just, I think uh, hopefully we'll get there someday. I don't know what path it takes, what rabbit rabbit trail it takes down. <laughs> I just hope it doesn't take something bad. Yeah. Well, I I would love to see a uh, a term limit situation right. in Congress. Ideally, people are term limits. If, yeah, when they die. <laughs> no, I mean people as in the voters. Well, ideally, right. but it's so it's but difficult for incumbents to lose. Totally, because it's money. It's just their money, and, money. Yeah, and who has the who can get the money in their name recognition? System. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But ideally, people are term limits, but it doesn't prove people. It's it's funny because people have such a negative approval rating of Congress, but yet they think they have a super high positive approval rating of their senator and their. Mm-hmm. Congressman, and why? Yeah, that's a disconnect. Yeah, why? Where is that? Well, it's because that person they voted for, and they voted for them to do what they want, mm-hmm. to give them their stuff. Yeah. And the other people might be holding them back. So, gosh darn it, those people are keeping my guy from giving me the stuff he said he'd give me when I voted for him. I don't know. Maybe that was maybe that was too far. <laughs> no. <laughs> never never too far in Trump's world. <laughs> Trump's America. Oh, nice. <clears throat> Excellent. Um, you mentioned something a while ago yeah. about uh, the next few months. Yeah. What's going on? Where are you going? I'm going to D.C. When? Uh, Saturday. So two days Saturday? From, two days from, yeah, two nights from now I'll be sleeping in D.C. And yeah. um, For Why? I'm going to be interning with uh, Senator Mike Rollins. Fantastic. Yeah. What does that look like? Uh, looks like long days and long hours of answering phones <laughs> and sorting through mail and oh, giving man. tours and, yeah. Have you um, have you ever done this before? No. Wow. No. So, should be fun. So, how long will you be there? Till April 20th. Really? 21st, I, yeah. That's when my return flight is. That's fantastic. Yeah. So you will, of course, be coming back to give us the, of course, yeah, the the lowdown, yeah, right, yeah. I'll give you all the dirt on Washington, because <laughs> I'm sure you have plenty of time to find it. Yeah. No. No, I mean it'll it'll be fun. It'll be good to see. I mean, Washington's at an interesting point right now, and it'll be interesting to see what the the inner workings, I guess, of it. Kind of. Mm-hmm. And I also think mostly what I'll be doing is working for constituents, which I think is the best part of government. You know, what government should be Actually doing. representing yeah. the people. And so I think that'll be nice in that mm-hmm. sense that I'll be helping people back home. Um, and it's a positive thing that the government's doing. So I'll be a part of that, which will be nice. Have you uh, ever met the Senator Rounds yet? No, I haven't. So, how many How many of you are going? Um, I'm not sure how many people were working in his office. Um, a couple, there's, I think five or five of us from Concordia who are going to work in various places oh, okay. in DC. Um, 
Are you so, the only? Uh, well, no, there's others from South Dakota going, I presume, right? I think it's just me from Concordia. Oh, okay. Um, but from working with Senator Rollins, yeah, I'm assuming there will be other interns. Awesome. Yeah, it should be it should be a good time, That's a good exciting. experience. Um, I'm looking forward to it. We're looking forward to living in D.C. and experience what that life is like. Um, how, how does the pay of that? Is this a? I mean, do they cover all your costs? Yeah, I, it's a paid position for me, uh, which is nice. Um, really? I yeah, I had other positions I could have taken with like other representatives mm-hmm. that would have been unpaid. Okay. Um, so this pays me. Um, doesn't cover all my costs, but. But hey, something. That's yeah, not I mean, bad. yeah. I mean, it, nice. It'll, it'll be nice. It'll be nice. It's better than working for free, which I would have been doing and <laughs> doing the same job. So, um, yeah. Wow. I mean, it'll be a good experience, good thing to put on the resume, and um, yeah. Should I think I'll grow as a person overall, and um, yeah, and that's the goal ultimately, isn't it? I think so. And that was the next question I had: is what do you anticipate? Uh, getting out of it, and then we'll revisit yeah. that when you're done to see if it works. Yeah. Well, I think it's different when you go off on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been at you know college for a while, but it's different when you go two hours away versus you know a minimum a of four hour flight ride. away. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I won't. I mean, I'll be talking to my friends. I've you know talk. They're up at school right now. Um, I'd still talk with them. I'll talk with my family. Um, regularly, but it'll be different now that they're, you know, not there mm-hmm. or I can't get there in two hours. Right. So I think I'll be, I'll grow as a person distancing myself from my regular group because I'm going outside my comfort zone. Um, well, also probably grow as a personal a person professionally, um, because I'll have to work with, um, you know, in that situation where I'm. Oh, it's a, prof- a super professional. Mm-hmm. It's cap. I'm working on Capitol Hill, right. so um, for a senator. Um, so yeah, That's I think awesome. I'll I'll grow as a person overall. That's very cool um, in all facets. Or that's the goal, anyway. We'll we'll see in a couple months. Well, I'm excited to to hear back. I think that'd be great. Absolutely great. Um. Well. This has been <laughs> it's been a long meandering uh, a chat. We'll see how much of it actually ends up on the on the show. You never know. Um this is the campus report. Um again, just basically giving a the college kids that are currently in school from Millbank an opportunity to kind of speak their mind and just you know, go out on a limb and I mean we've had some conversations that I don't think some of the other kids that have come are prepared for. Um, and I, I think it's, I think it's good to be able to have those discussions. You're right. That, that discourse, that, um, the ability to articulate your thought and then the ability to shut up and listen. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. And I think, I mean, I, I mean, I've kind of had to, um, I was pre- somewhat prepared for this knowing that I've had to deal with, liberals all my or pretty much all my life but mostly all my college life for sure Mm -hmm. that you have to just constantly defend who you are right um and what you believe so i mean you might not think that through listening but i I, you should have seen me before i guess but now (laughs) i mean i've had to somewhat prepare for this and awesome um i think 
conservatives do have to prepare for it overall if you go through college. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think liberals have it easy. It appears as so. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> this is uh, wrapping up the show. I think we'll have to call it there. Um, you back April what, you said? April 21st, I take off. April 21. Uh, and then are you back in Millbank? We'll or are see. you back we'll, to we'll, we'll are you see. back to Concordia right after that? I'm not back to well, I might go back to Concordia um just to hang out with my friends, but I'm done up there. Um wait, done done? I'm done done there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So we'll see what happens in the summer. Awesome. Um we'll see how much I like it out there. <laughs> um I have some options, but I also like my options here too. Wait a second. Are you considering law school out there? You never know. I mean, I'm I'm leaving. We better make sure Skype works if that's (laughs) the case. (laughs) I'm leaving. No, no, no. I'll be back here for. I'm planning to go to China with JP and Rylan, my roommate. Um, In the summer. Yeah. At least just go for a couple weeks. Fantastic. Do it. Yeah. This is the time to do it. Yeah. Because so cool. How often am I going to go to China? No kidding. Yeah. Um. But now I've got two good friends who can speak it fluently. I can, or almost fluently. I can well, enough to get around. <laughs> yeah, I can speak it a little, but not much. Wow. Um. So, yeah. I mean, I'll be back here in Melbourne for some time. Okay. But well, knows? definitely. When you're back and rest it up. Yeah. Let's do this again. And oh, for sure. Get back. And I'll be even more prepared next. Time. Oh no. Well, no. You'll have all kinds of all kinds of stuff to talk yeah. about then. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I appreciate it, Desmond. Thank you uh, for coming in again. Yeah. Thank you. Greg. Um, and it's been thank fun. <laughs> yes, it indeed. Um, thank you all for listening and come back again next time on the campus report. See you later.